1: Today.
2: Ultimately, our self-prescribed ways in which you're measuring whether your life is fulfilling or not, it will derail you because your life was never yours. It was never for you to mold and manipulate. No matter what some guru has told you, you're actually not the hero or the actual savior, and the, you know, you're not the actual captain of your own life.
0: You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Ruth, welcome back to the show. I'm so pumped to have you for a second time on She. Welcome back. Oh, thank you so much, Jordan. It's so fun to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, I was just telling you off air that your new book, When Striving Ceased, you had sent me the manuscript. I got to write a little endorsement for it, but I got to read, even just when I read like the first four pages, I'm like sitting Mm -hmm. there in tears like, I needed to hear this because I am a go-getter and an achiever. Mm -hmm. And I think even for those of us who may not describe ourselves that way, I think just Mm -hmm. because of the world we live in, we tend to really just start to feel like, I got to do this. I got to hold this together. I've got to fix that. I've got to reach this. And it just starts to feel like a lot. And it was just such an encouraging and truth-filled read, even just the first few pages that I started with. And so I'm just excited to dig into that, but I would love if you can start by just sharing a bit of your background for those who may not know you or maybe didn't hear the first episode that you did on the show. And can you just share a little bit of, you know, maybe some of your own experiences with striving to belong and growing up Mm -hmm. as a Taiwanese immigrant to a new country? Like how did that bring you (laughs) to where you are today and lead you to write about the concept of self-improvement and grace kind of together in one?
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to be sharing today. I'm Ruth Jo Simons. I'm an author and artist, and some of the books that I've already written are Grace Laced and Beholding and Becoming. And you know, I'm a founder of gracelace.com where I share my artwork and lifestyle products. So I'm a fellow entrepreneur and speaker and author. I'm a mama to six boys, and my oldest is 19. My youngest mm-hmm. is eight. I'm married to Troy. Um, we've been in local ministry and other seasons of our lives, but now we full on with Grace Lace and with my um, public ministry, but you know, When Striving sees is my first real trade book. It's a, really a, the book where I tell the story of why I even, why, why Grace is the cornerstone of my mm-hmm. ministry and my life and why it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my heartbeat is that I look around and I go, okay, women right now, have more opportunities, more access to information and encouragement and self-help and Mm -hmm. tools. We have more access than we've ever had before. And yet I look around and I feel like the number one thing that we're all wrestling with is that we're exhausted Mm -hmm. and we feel like we don't measure up. Mm -hmm. We're constantly exhausted. We're constantly still asking, still asking the question, am I enough? Even though we think we're over that question, we're still asking. And so yeah. it felt like the right time to say, okay, listen, I'm a almost 46-year-old mama and I know that I might be older than some gals who are listening right now, but I hope I can be a big sister mm-hmm. and maybe even a mama bear in some young woman's life. And just to say, listen, what you really need is to readjust and hear how all your striving isn't getting you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I learned this through really looking at what was propelling me in my life as I was growing up. And I immigrated to the U.S. when I was almost four. and I was born in Taiwan. And so I was brought, raised up in between two cultures, the Western culture and then my Asian background. And if one was high on achievement and honor and performance and being number one and earning straight A's and being a concert pianist, my western upbringing my my culture was did you bring the right lunchbox to school did you wear the right jeans and now it's even more as an adult What are your insights? Like, how, how are people taking the work that you're doing? Are you reaching as many people as you want Mm -hmm. to reach? Um, how, what are your followers engaging in? It's, it's constant measuring, right? Jordan, you know this. Like, you don't have to look very far. You don't even, you don't have to go anywhere to wonder constantly if you're living your one precious life. To the max, mm-hmm. or if you're wasting it, you're constantly mm-hmm. wondering that even if your good intentions aren't to try to be rich and famous, mm-hmm. you might still wonder like, Oh, am I ruining everything? How do I fix my life? Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is go to the bookstore and walk down a an Nile and you will have every formula known to man yep. to tell you how to lose the weight, um, look better, be better, have more confidence. And here's the thing. Let me just say up on set. Those are good tools. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of great people telling us really great things mm-hmm. that are helpful. Mm-hmm. But what I'm interested in is saying, okay, if as Christ-following women, we are exhausted, then is it possible that we are striving, fueled by the wrong mm-hmm. thing, trying to gain something that we don't trust God for? Mm-hmm. Meaning if striving is defined by, if striving on our own strength ultimately is defined by anxiously, working tirelessly to try to control a set of circumstances in order to gain something, Mm -hmm. access something, finally achieve something Mm -hmm. that you don't quite trust God for, Mm -hmm. then you're striving in your own strength. And that's just not what we were made for. And I am here to try to share the encouragement Mm -hmm. from my life about how the grace of God was meant to give us everything our striving can't produce. Mm
0: It's so powerful. You know, I have a very practical question that I'd love to follow mm-hmm. up with. Also, thank you for sharing all of that because it just provides yeah. so much insight and context spread. Um, I would love, especially from my personality, I look at this through the personal lens and through the professional mm-hmm. lens. And yeah. something that I would love if you can maybe help us understand is, for example, if we go to the doctor and they say, Hey, you need, you need to lose weight because it would be healthier mm-hmm. or you have inflammation in your body. So you need to do, make these changes mm-hmm. in your diet, right. To better support your immune system or whatever it might be. I'm just yeah. going up with examples, but let's yep. say certain things. Like we find that we actually do need to do some, take some action steps. Sure. What is the difference between being a good steward and, and mm-hmm. taking action on the things that are, necessary and striving how do you start to how can you yeah. differentiate like when have I crossed over from trying to be a good steward and, and doing the best I can to now I am just striving endlessly and no longer trusting the Lord you yep. know for the ultimate outcome
2: that's a fantastic question. I think the easiest way is to trace your motivation back to its roots mm. is to say okay am I trying to lose weight because God gave me a body? to operate with, to reach the world with, to love others with, to serve with, to run this race with, to be in fellowship with other people with, well, I want to do those things. And in order to do those things, I can't just ruin my body. Mm. There's a difference between that and I have to lose weight so that other people will like me, so that I will have belonging, so that I will feel prettiest when I walk into a room. Or there could also be a difference between that and I got to lose weight so that I can preserve my life because I'm so scared of death. I'm so scared of not having... A long and perfect life. Mm -hmm. Do you see how the latter two are Mm -hmm. rooted in I don't trust God's purposes, so I've got to control and anxiously create the circumstances that will help me be the savior of my own life? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, there's a difference. Totally. Yeah, it's true. Because it could even be like, I don't get the, I don't feel like, I think it, yeah, like it could come even down to like, I don't get the life that I want, or I don't, it's almost like, bigger. And I think that's so powerful. Actually speaking of that, you know, I know you talk about the self self-improvement myth or maybe you've called it mm-hmm. and you called it like the gospel of self-improvement mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is that? What does it teach us and Mm-mm. how would you say we can compare that with what the Bible tells us? You kind of touched on that earlier, but I'd yeah. love if we can dig into that specifically. Yeah. Well, you
2: know, the word gospel really comes from the root of the word mean meaning good news or mm-hmm. a good story, right? And so when we when I say the gospel of self-improvement, I'm saying I think we're living in a time where people are living for the good news of, I can be better. I just need to try harder. I just need to work harder. I just need to be better. And that seems like good news, right? It seems like, oh, it's just right around the corner. My dreams will all come true and I'll have a perfect life if I can just fix these things. Mm-hmm. And yet, the only if, if you subscribe to that kind of gospel, it can only lead to utter exhaustion or utter despair. Those are the only two outcomes because you can either keep on trying harder, in endlessly trying to measure up to somebody's standard, right? Maybe your own, like some try harder standard mm-hmm. or of perfection. I mean, we can look at the biblical examples of this, but we can look around and literally just say, "Yeah, it's never ending. It will never end that mm-hmm. striving." Or you can give up altogether and just get really, really, you just despair. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no point, there's no hope. And so I think that's why we're looking around and saying we we're seeing a culture that is incredibly exhausted, mm-hmm. incredibly fearful, anxious, and constantly looking around, going, How do I measure up? Mm-hmm. And the the good news of the gospel in what Jesus continues to teach over and over again. I think this is what was so pivotal for me when you when you combine what he teaches, what he ex- says to the Pharisees in, in Matthew five and the Sermon on the Mount, basically like you think you do all these things really religiously and you're so disciplined and you're so great and you're not murdering anybody, mm-hmm. but if you even think these thoughts or if you even hate somebody, right. you're basically committing murder. Mm-hmm. The whole goal of that wasn't for them to be like, well, I'm such a I'm such a jerk. I can't do it right. It's to go, wow, I am not capable. Mm-hmm. Like the highest standard I set for myself will even not even be good enough for God's standard. And so when we hear about the gift of grace, it becomes truly good news when you realize that Jesus accomplishes the welcome, mm-hmm. the favor, the belonging, the assurance mm-hmm. that God's always wanted to give us. Mm-hmm. That we keep trying to earn on our own. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't ever meant to be earned through our our amazingness mm-hmm. yeah. and our good works.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have a question that's almost the opposite yeah. of what I asked okay. before. <laughs> so I think another phrase, in addition to self-improvement and like the mm-hmm. whole you are good enough and all of these things that we mm-hmm. hear that kind of set us up for false expectations in a way. We also, I think, often are told, give yourself grace, like on the opposite end yeah. of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One, okay, I have two questions. One, in light of what you just said, is it possible to give yourself grace, or is that something you have to rely on God for? I'm curious what you say to that. And two, do you think that that can also get out of hand to the point where you kind of re- you kind of um, release all responsibility and almost lean into laziness? Like, does that make sense? Where yeah. it can almost turn yeah. into the opposite problem?
2: I think about how the Apostle Paul every time. You know, in Colossians, he says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And then we're told to put on all these things. The, the the Christian walk, the Christ-following journey is not a passive one. It's We're never told to just, therefore, like Paul never declares what Christ has done and says, therefore, chill out and just don't think about it anymore. Well, there's an action that comes up after the therefore, but... I won't make a Bible study out of this Mm -hmm. podcast, but I will just say, look at what he's saying, therefore, too. He's always telling you how to respond, walk in faith, walk in a manner worthy in response to what Christ has already done. Meaning, if Jesus has done it all, then you have the fuel to walk in obedience. You have the fuel to lead you to what's next and what you have to do next, how to get up in the morning, how to not give up, how to keep persevering, how to keep loving somebody that's unlovable, how to forgive somebody that's really hurt you. It's not that we just possibly go "Eh, it doesn't matter anyway I cannot stop striving it's Mm -hmm. it you do it out of a different motivation you're fueled by something different and when that phrase I love that you mentioned give them give yourself some grace I mean I think the way we use it Mm -hmm. is that we're kind of like you know what we're all human Mm -hmm. that's what we're really saying and it's true that's actually a good thing to reckon with we're human we're fallen Mm -hmm. we're sinful and yeah like sometimes we screw up and Stop giving yourself such a hard time. But I like to think of the phrase, give yourself some grace as you need to kind of give yourself the gospel sometimes. So Mm -hmm. instead of giving yourself a free pass and give yourself a, hey, we're all human, give yourself a free pass, take the night off. I like to think of it like if we're really going to take that phrase for what it really is saying, give yourself grace means give yourself the truth of why your identity is not shaken because you have screwed up. Mm-hmm. Give yourself the truth of how your belonging was purchased by Christ and not by how many followers you achieved with that one post. Mm-hmm. Or give yourself some grace by giving yourself the actual good news of the gospel when your dreams don't come true and when your plans don't turn out right. So rather than be like, eh, you know, like you're human, it's okay. Give yourself some grace. You tried. Mm-hmm. Instead, fight the fear factor by giving yourself the truth of what God says is true about himself, not what your circumstances say. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. I love that differentiation. It really, it, it brings it like full circle. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it like kind of, hmm. it makes it feel more substantial, you know, because sometimes yeah. it's like, what does that yeah. really mean? You know, <laughs> and yeah. does that mean I just mm-hmm. like don't care? You know, so I, I love that. Just to something else that we were talking about earlier, one of the things I think that our culture, and I talk about this a little bit online, but I think our culture talks a lot about like hustling and achievement. And I think in the midst of that messaging, we can focus on busyness or achievement so much. How can we shift that to I'm trying to think of how to say this, but like how can we shift that to focus more on discernment and being really intentional mm-hmm. about what we're picking and what we're filling our time with rather than just busyness yeah. for the sake of busyness? How does that look in a practical sense?
2: I probably said this on our last on um, the last time that I was on the show, but you know I live by the the reality that I will become what I love. And what I'm being discipled all the time, like no matter what, when you turn on the TV, when you open your phone, when you listen to a podcast, you're being discipled. You're, you're, you're being influenced by what you allow in your life. And so the discernment part comes in because I think we're really not a discerning people. We spend a lot of time just reaching for the next quick thing to satisfy us. And we do that with what we eat. We do that with, um, maybe. Buying clothes that we get rid of real quick because we're just like, eh, I kind of like it, but I changed my mind. Or we even do that with what we feed on soul-wise, right? Or or emotionally and spiritually. We're kind of just going reaching for the quick fix. But the reality is what we love and what we spend time focusing on will actually shape us. And so my heartbeat is that I so desperately desire for women to discern what it is that's shaping them. When they, when you, when you listen to a strategy for improving yourself, that strategy might be really helpful Mm -hmm. and you might want to take away something from that. Mm -hmm. But is that strategy causing you to look more at yourself and living for yourself? Or is it ultimately pointing you to an eternal purpose that won't leave you, that will not leave you empty? And I Mm -hmm. think that that discernment, I can't do that work for you. You have to do it yourself, but aligning yourself with What is true about God? What is he said? What what has he said about what he's accomplished through Christ? That actually will change every filter in which you assess every tool, every podcast, every Mm -hmm. book you read, and who you surround yourself with and what your goals are for the day, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Can we actually talk about goals? Cause that's something that I think we hear a lot about in culture. And Mm -hmm. it's something that Mm -hmm. I've, I feel like I've had, um, and this is something I want to ask you about too, but I feel like in my own life, I've had such a, um, transformation. I don't know if that's the right word, but like my mm-hmm. viewpoint and perspective on goals has shifted so much. Um, and it's interesting because I think as you live more life and as you grow or you grow through hard things or you suffer mm-hmm. and all of those experiences in life that really give you a lens that I think is mm-hmm. refined and maybe refined by some wisdom, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. goals start to become, I don't know. I think they can become something you'd be more intentional about, but I would love to hear from your perspective. Um, do you feel like, or have you experienced in your life a season of hardship, waiting, suffering, anything like that. Do you feel like that—that mm. that is something God can use to refine the choices that we make when it comes to the goals that we set, the things that we pursue, and mm. the things that we prioritize?
2: Absolutely. Because I think when you experience grief or loss, and that sometimes means even the loss of a dream mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. loss of the way you thought your life was going to be at this season, mm-hmm. like at this age, you're sitting there right now and you're like, Oh my goodness! This is my reality, and I wasn't prepared for this. I worked so hard to not have this situation happen, and yeah. still is, or whatever that that thing is. I think it shifts your mindset and it shifts your goals. Which, which ultimately, I think that you know we're all wired differently, and I don't think goals in themselves are either magical or bad, right? They're, they're, it's neutral whether or not setting a goal in itself is not the only way or a bad way but for some people we're wired in a way where we choose the goals can become idols for us right it can become something that we're like if I'm not married by a certain age or if I don't have children by a certain season of life or if I don't scale my business to this level at by this time if those are if those goals ultimately are self prescribed ways in which you're measuring whether your life is fulfilling or not, it will derail you because your life was never yours. It was never a, for you to mold a minute. But no matter what some guru has told you, you're actually not the hero or the actual savior, and the you know you're not the actual captain of your own life.
0: Did you know that eighty five percent of the grass fed beef in stores is imported from overseas? I know. I was shocked when I found that out too. You would actually struggle to find American meat in the store, even if you tried. Here's why. The product of the USA tag isn't exactly what you think it is. Foreign countries can actually process their meat here and then label it like it came from the USA, when in reality, it was only processed here. Because of these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. Good Ranchers has been turning this around for four years now by selling 100% American meat. When they say product of the USA, they mean it and can prove it. As I've been on my wellness journey over the last year or two, one thing that I've become really conscious about is where I'm sourcing my food. I want to know where it's coming from, the quality that it truly is. And it can be hard to find companies that do what they actually say they're doing and that are reliable and trustworthy and that provide the quality. So what I love about good ranchers when I discovered them recently is that not only do they support American farms and they're 100% American meat, but they also only sell steakhouse quality. Their beef is all USDA graded prime and choice, which is the highest grades beef can receive. Good Rancher sells the best steaks, gourmet burgers, chicken, seafood, and more. And you can even get those crave-worthy bone-in cuts like T-bones, porterhouses, and ribeyes from them. Plus, their pre-marinated chicken makes meal prep so easy and tasty, which takes the stress out of dinner making. And I am all about stress-free and efficiency when it comes to meal prep and nourishment and all the things we have to do with our lives to feed ourselves and live the busy lives that we do. On top of that, Good Rancher's is also about half the price of those other online meat, guys. Your dollar just goes further with them which I love. And I just wish I would have learned about this brand so much earlier in my journey, but here we are, we know about it now. Lastly, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to families in need for every box purchased so you can do good and eat good at the same time. They have donated over 500,000 meals to date and since they started, which is amazing. Amazing. If you want to give Good Ranchers a try, which I highly recommend doing, go to GoodRanchers.com slash Jordan and save $20 or better yet, subscribe and save on each box of mouthwatering American meats that will show up on schedule right to your door. Again, get $20 off and free express shipping if you go to GoodRanchers.com slash Jordan or use the code Jordan at checkout. That's $20 off and free express shipping at GoodRanchers.com slash Jordan. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she thrivemarket.com slash she.
1: today
0: okay i would love to just stop there for just mm-hmm. a second because i think we're so often told be the hero of your own story yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that and w- I, I just want to i want to pause there because sorry to interrupt you mm-hmm. but i want to pause there because no. i think it 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 creates such a pressure on us and so much pressure to like like you said, be the captain of your own life. And then we try to, and we try to pencil in our own redemption stories or fix things a certain way or take control only to feel like so frustrated, right? When it's like, and it doesn't matter. Like I've literally gotten points in my life over the last couple of years where I'm like, I wonder if it even matters what I do. And it does matter what we do, but I think when Mm -hmm. we start to think it depends on what we do, we begin to, and and I'd love to just discuss that differentiation. I'd love what your thoughts are on that because I think when we start to be told or start to believe we're the captain of our own life and it's all up to us, we shoulder Mm -hmm. this insane burden and then we only end up feeling disappointed if our efforts didn't land us where we thought they would. You know, Jordan, I so wish
2: that I was the kind of person that could just come on here and just give like the five step program right. for all of us to be realigned. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't want anyone to be listening right now and tune out when we starts talking about God things because sometimes it's like, oh, wah, 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 can you yes. just give me something I can chew on right now? Right. But I will. So don't tune out. Don't turn this off. But I just want to say right now, okay, I'm going to use some big words real quick and I'm going to explain it. But your orthodoxy affects and impacts and changes your orthodoxy, or your orthodoxy impacts your orthopraxy, Hmm. meaning what you believe about God will directly impact how you live for God. And so we go straight to the: How do we want, how do we live? How do we do this? How do we, how do we walk? What's our orthopraxy? How do we do this thing? Hmm. But we forget that everything that comes, I mean, it's an overflow of the heart, Right, mm-hmm. Everything you do today is going to be an overflow of your heart. Everything you say, every word that comes out of your mouth, every way you interact in a DM on social media, how you speak to your kids, how you speak to your spouse, what things you pursue and chase after is affected by what you ultimately believe about God. So I try not to be boring or weird about this, but I got to mm-hmm. say to somebody who's listening don't tune out on this part of the podcast. Don't tune out when God is beckoning you to know him more mm-hmm. because you can hustle and find the strategy to wake up tomorrow and get it done. And, and for a moment, it could feel like you reached your goals. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, at the end of the day, whether you're a captain, the, the distinction that you're asking about is you're a captain of your own life. Um, will you believe wrongly? about the sovereignty of God and you believe wrongly about God being the ruler and the author of all things. So if the, the Bible is true and it is, and it says that he is the author and the finisher and the one who holds all things together, Colossians 1.17, if that all things is by him, for him, and through him, as we hear in Romans, if those things are true, then it's not that what you do today doesn't matter. We're not robots. It, it's just that He is in control and he desires your heart more than he desires that your dream comes true. Mm -hmm. So in say that again, say that again. That is so good. He wants your heart, he desires your heart, Jordan, more than he wants your dreams to come true. And so it's really about you and him, not about the goal that you have, the milestone you want to reach, the family circumstance that you're looking for and longing for the house you want to live in those are all great things and they're just a cherry on top but what he wants for you and him you the listener what he desires for you and from you on the short blip of time that you're on this earth is that you would know him intimately that you would draw near and that he would be the fuel for everything he calls you to do. I, I credit it to Spurgeon. I don't know if he actually said it, but one of my favorite lines is that God's callings are his enablings. And I think the power in that is that we can cease striving when we realize that he enables all that he ultimately has for us and calls us to. So rather than trying to strive for something that he's not trying to give you right now, trust him to give you what He desires to give you at the time He's going to choose to give it to you, and that He will give you everything you need to step into it when it's the right time.
0: Mm, so good. I think I just had a call come in, so ignore the beeping, everyone. But that was so good, and I hate when really amazing things get disrupted. But you know, I think that's such a powerful line that you said about He wants your heart more than He wants your dream to come true, because I think mm-hmm. it's an interesting lesson to learn how to trust God, mm-hmm. Period not trust God to get what you want. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's maddening. So it's like one of those, I don't know what the word is, but it's one of those challenges I think in life to actually get to the point where you're like, is that enough? And a lot Mm. of times I think if we're honest with ourselves in the middle of our striving, the answer is no. Like we we Mm -hmm. don't genuinely believe that God's enough. And it, it, I know I haven't, I know there's plenty of time where I'm like, hmm. I mean, he seems nice, but like, that's not really what I want right now, you know? And so I think yeah. you have to start with that honesty too of like, wait, I, I might say the typical cliche Christian answer of, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds great. Like God's totally enough for me. But when push comes to shove and we're up against something and um, we're in that position where we're like longing for something or striving for something or waiting for something, we have to like lean into how do I... Learn it's it's truly like a learning and almost an unlearning in some ways yeah. of, of like all of this messaging. But like, how do I learn to give God my heart in the process? You know, and and so mm. often it's like we make it so conditional. I know I I do personally. Well, so it's like it's such I, a challenge, you know. But it's so powerful to think about that way.
2: And and can I just say what I feel like may may sting a little or maybe an unpopular opinion is that I think one of the reasons why we're not sure if God's enough is because. We're kind of biblically illiterate, and we kind of turn to Instagram for the totality of what we know about God. Or we just kind of have these cliche conversations where we're like, you know, God is good, he which he is. But do you know why? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in one chapter of this book, I, I was in tears when I was writing it, Jordan, because I was really digging in to understand the parable of the prodigal son. Now, it's a great story. It's a great illustration to begin with. But did you know, did you know that when the father goes running to the gate, it's because in that culture... If a wayward son were to return to the gate of the community, the people of the town would reject him and break this pottery at the gate and say, you're rejected forever. Mm -hmm. And that father ran to the gate, pulled up his loincloth, tucked it in, showed his bare legs, humiliated himself, took on the shame that was meant for his son and beat the crowds to the gate so that he could welcome his son before other people would reject him. And say he's not worthy. And when I when you really step into the word of God, and I'm not saying that we all will somehow like you have to spend three hours and you'll, no, no, you just literally go to the word. I mean, I'll be the first to, to admit it is hard to approach the word of God and get something out of it. Sometimes when you're distracted, you're going through a pandemic, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're sad. I'm simply saying, friend, don't give up and, and settle. For just a quick meme or a quick graphic or a quick, you know, five second devotional, press in and say, Who is this God that says I should trust him? God, help me understand who you are and help me read your word, seeing how your redemption story starts from page one and goes all the way to the end. Mm. So rather than picking and choosing a couple verses and hoping that that's enough, try to engage or let ask somebody, encourage, um, I encourage you just to invite somebody to help walk you through the redemption story, because the greater view we have of God, the, the more we're going to trust him, yeah. right? The more we're going to realize that he's been in control and he's had our backs from the beginning of time, Yeah. from the beginning of time.
0: So good, so good. You know, it leads me to wonder, and we—I asked kind of a similar question to this, but I want to circle back to it now that we've talked about the self-improvement gospel and even just our tendency Mm -hmm. to be like, "Well, let me learn what I know about God from an Instagram graphic, and like, let me make that make me feel better a little, and then I'll go read all the, you know, I'll go hustle over here." Um, Yeah. But I'd be curious what you think of this. Do you think that there is such thing as a healthy amount of? I don't know if I like the word self-improvement because I don't know that we Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. improve ourselves, but like. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe self, maybe like intentionality, a healthy amount of growth, like personal, maybe I like personal growth better because I think God is the one who does the true, like refining and and improving, but we can take steps to partner with him that. And so I think from that perspective, would you say there's such thing as a healthy amount of, in air quotes, self-improvement, personal growth, whatever you want to call it. If your core beliefs about God and his grace are where they should be, like, what can that look like? And do you think that that's possible?
2: Yeah. I think it's hard to put like measurables to yeah. it. Right. To yeah. be like, well, how much, or, right. or if, if these, if the person you're listening to falls in this camp, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, because even reading your Bible for the wrong reason mm-hmm. can be a form of self-improvement. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it is a discerning issue of saying, okay, when I do this or when I listen to this advice or when I um, choose to engage with this tool, who am I making much of? What is my end goal? Who gets the glory from this improvement? If this improvement drives me to make much of the life that God's given me, then I'm on an eternal path of stewarding what he's given. But if it makes much of my life tries to make heaven on earth, like in terms of like, oh, I'm just trying to have everything I've ever wanted here on earth because heaven's not really that great and Jesus isn't enough. Like if it makes much of me, if I'm getting the glory, if I'm ultimately trying to create the circumstances so I can avoid and never have to deal with pain and suffering, then really I'm self-improving and self-helping so that I don't have to trust God. So you just have to ask yourself that question: Am I trying? Am I? If my is my striving leading me to a greater trust of God, and is it being fueled by a trust of God, or is my striving so that I never have to trust Him in a way that's vulnerable again?
0: Wow! Yeah! Wow! That's such a perspective shift, <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. I think we. I don't know. I think that the challenge is really examine your heart and examine your motivation, I think. And and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think ask the Lord to reveal the things that You know, like I even asked my husband this at one point, um, just in a different circumstance in our life. But I remember saying like, okay, how do you know if you're genuine? Because the times that Mm -hmm. I thought I was genuine, when I was really put Mm -hmm. to the fire, when I really Mm -hmm. thought that like, okay, I'm fully trusting the Lord or I'm I'm prioritizing the Lord or I'm glorifying the Lord, like that's my priority. And, you know, did that with every amount of genuineness. I don't know if that's the right word. Intentionality, right? Like full, full feeling, entirely genuine, full of that. It's interesting because I think sometimes when we're put to the test or something falls apart or we don't get what we want or what Mm -hmm. we thought we were trusting the Lord for doesn't come to pass or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like, well... I thought my motives were pure, but like, how do, but now I'm really mad. And I don't know if I actually meant some of that stuff that I prayed that, you know, the, like, I will praise you no matter what Lord. And then when you don't praise him, no matter what, you're like, okay, I don't know if I really meant that. So, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because I even, I asked my husband, I was like, how do you know if you even mean it? Cause when you think you mean it, and then it turns Mm -hmm. out that like, maybe you really don't, you know, and he, he said something interesting and I'd love to hear your thought on it. He said um, something like the fact that you're even asking that question Mm. reveals that your Mm -hmm. heart wants to meet it. Sometimes like the best thing Mm. you can pray is like, I want to want you, God. Like I want to want to want you, if that makes sense. Like sometimes it's not just like, oh yeah, that's what I want. So I would just say like, based on what you just said, it's almost like it requires some self-examination and also just like a desire to have a right heart heart posture. Sometimes we inevitably fall or inevitably get off track, but I think it's important to examine, like, do I even have the desire to desire the right heart posture, or do I have the desire for the right heart posture, even if it feels difficult for me to get into that place? Does that make sense? I'd be curious what you thought Absolutely. About that. Yeah. I mean, I think when you think about, you know, Paul saying there's now
2: no condemnation, and then when you think about the psalmist, and some of the psalms are written by David, who screwed up royally, and when you think about the psalmist's pattern, you know, when we read psalm after psalm, um... Uh, This is not somebody, the people who wrote the Psalms did not live this perfect life or have perfect faith all the time. It's literally saying, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Mm -hmm. Well, the Psalmist wouldn't have to say that if it felt like he had a clean heart or a right spirit. He's saying, Lord, please help me, like, please help me realign with what is true. And I think the reality is, the Holy Spirit is at work in you, even when you're struggling, even when you're like, Oh my goodness, I thought I was a woman of faith. And now I'm like, just kind of floundering. And quite frankly, in the last 24, uh, you know, 18 months or so, haven't we all felt like we're floundering and we're kind of wondering like, what was, what was I like pre, pre February of 2020, you know? And, and the truth is, when we're struggling, when we have super painful heartaches that we can't share even online, that is a moment where we can say to ourselves, okay, is this pain, and my husband loves to say, is your sadness and your pain or your disappointment and your suffering, is it causing you to run to the arms of Jesus mm-hmm. or are you running to something else? Mm-hmm. When you're running to Jesus, that's he, he He's strong enough to hold our pain and our disappointment and our doubts and our confusion, but we're doing that in his arms, not over there with a counterfeit mm-hmm. and a replacement.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, so powerful, stuff I need to hear. Can we just do this every day? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I do like, too. This is I my this is yeah. my like mentor call for the day. This is oh, awesome. I no, truly. It. It's so important and you just put it so well and it makes it feel so doable. But um hmm. yeah, I'm just I'm thankful for your wisdom and for the for the book you've written and the work that you do and just the the way that you're kind of challenging this this messaging, I think. And I I really appreciate the way that you do it with such I think grace, wisdom, but also like I don't know if the right word is fierceness, but there's a fierceness to almost The anti-striving, the anti-hustle message—that's that's that's rooted in something better and something more eternal—that we just we crave and we long for, but we don't even realize that's what we're craving and needing, and so. Yeah, I'm just so thankful. I'd love if you can share more about your book and where people can find it and also where they can follow you and learn more from you. I'd love to talk for like a a thousand more hours, but I know you have a life, so just tell us where we can learn more and follow along.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Jordan. The book is called When Strivings Cease, Replacing the Gospel of Self-Improvement with the Gospel of Life-Transforming Grace. And you can purchase it everywhere books are sold. And um, after October 12th, it will be on the shelves at Target as well. So I'm super excited about that. You can learn more about the book at When Striving Cease book.com. And I'd love to be able to encourage you day by day on Instagram at Ruth Joe Simons. It's R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. And if you are into art and lifestyle products, my work is um sent around the world through gracelaced.com.
0: Awesome. Ruth, thank you so much for your time and everything that you shared. You have encouraged me. And I know every single person listening just feels lighter and Mm -hmm. just filled up with truth. And we are just so, so thankful.
2: I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me, Jordan.
0: I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show.